Welcome to the Sent to Share podcast. We are a collective of simple churches bringing hope to our cities. Welcome to the Sent to Share podcast, where we love to multiply disciples and help you do the same. Each week, we discuss something that's going on in our world of discipleship, but we've started out discussing the seven sales and what those are, these seven spiritual disciplines. I'm Joe Kamerlingi alongside Brent Hofen, and for this week's episode, Brent, we are talking about training believers. And uh, sometimes we we really, we think about it and there's lots of scripture that fits, but this one, it's kind of a, a pretty easy to go. That's the one and that's what we're following. So let's talk about this scripture that we kind of use. There's many scriptures that can fit when it comes to training believers, but 2 Timothy 2.2 is just the perfect um, illustration. As we mentioned last week, Timothy and his relationship with Paul is great when it comes to looking at discipleship and how that looks. And in this one, he says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And I threw that last part in there because <laughs> it, it fits all the sales of like, okay, you're going to do all these things, commit them to others, but you're going to have hardship in it too. So I just thought I'd throw that out as a little bonus in all of these that we face hardships when raising these sales. Yeah, I was going to say, why did you leave in verse number three? Really? Really, Joe? <laughs> but hey. Much- Oh, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so it. when you hear that, I, I mean, this is, I, we've been uh, talking about training believers and, and sharing with others so often that I, I can't, it's hard for me to step back to see this verse before uh, raising this sale because it fits so well. But what do you see in there that, that you really experienced in training believers? I mean, it's it's very multifaceted. I mean, if you just break the verses down real quick that you just read, I mean, do all of us have sons and daughters in the Lord? That's a great question to ask ourselves because that's a part of the training process. If you train people, I guarantee you that you're going to have sons and daughters in the Lord. And then, you know, the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses commit. I mean, that's a word that a lot of people do not like in the modern day culture, being committed to anything. But it's saying commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So I think that if we are going to commit to something, then verse three is kind of our equipping verse. You must endure. And if you're going to endure, there's going to be some even hardship that you're going to have to face because this has to become a high priority in your life. And I think it just, man, those three verses sum it up in such a strong way and and teach us right out of the gate that hey we've got to be strong we've got to be faithful in this we've got to be willing in this we've got to endure in this and sometimes it's going to produce hardship in your life amen to that i mean no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> um the, what I, which stands out to me in rereading it is that la, uh, in the last part when he says you know commit these to faithful men and if it just stopped right there a lot of the traditions that we have kind of fit this, but then you go, who will be able to teach others also. Mm. And that is a, is a, one of the major sticking points when people encounter this whole idea of discipleship, a new way of looking at a discipleship, what do you call it? DMM or CPM, whatever it is, 
that's away from our traditions because our tradition says, you know, teach them to them and then just keep teaching them to them so that they rely on you. And you're just always going to be, as you mentioned, sons. I think sometimes we have sons that who then become brothers. But if it stays a son, then they're not going to be able to teach it to someone else. Yeah. And so I think that that relationship with Timothy, Timothy, we talked about it last week, becoming an equal with Paul. And and, and so I, that's the part. And I still admit, I understand it now, but struggling to do that. We're just sharing with right our our brothers and sisters on this coaching call about some of our struggles. And you get to that point of like, okay, how do I get this person to be able to not just hear this, but be able to teach it with others as well? Yeah. And I think what happens um, is that if we begin to understand Paul's heart for the priesthood of all believers, uh, that helps so much because I think that we recognize that, hey, this process isn't just for an elite few or a paid few. <laughs> this is for every believer of Jesus Christ. And this process, you know, like we've at, we asked the question in prepping for this podcast, hey, well, who is it that needs to be trained? And the answer is everybody. You should be trained and you should be a trainer. And that process never ends. Like, Joe, I still need to be trained by people. And I also need to be training people. And it's a process of like, you know, giving, reciprocating. And I look at it like this. If you want like a fresh spring in your life of good things coming from God, then there has to be a way that you also give out what you've been given because otherwise it gets stagnant. And I think that's the principle here is that if we will refresh others the way that we've been refreshed, if we keep the training process going, we will find that we get stronger. We will experience more blessings. We'll, uh, we'll understand things that we didn't understand the first time or the 70th time. We have to keep going in the process. Yeah. And when you say, we put that in there in short, everyone needs to be trained because these, these work together. So I think what uh, Jesus shared with all of us is to share the good news when we, we think, okay, unbelievers, that's, that's it. But it's also believers as well. Which in, in sharing the good news, that's part of the training of like, Hey, this is what we do as disciples. And then reminding them, this is what we do as disciples and people doing that with us. So when we training really, there is a specific training. So we should lay that out that each group kind of come ups with, come comes up with. So we have the seven sales, right? But there's lots of different groups that do discipleship that have different types of training. We have one on Scent to Share uh, that that kind of is there. So it can be a specific uh, course, if you will, uh, that you take people through. And if they're an unbeliever, it's great. You kind of see where they're at uh, as they go through a discovery group. You're kind of waiting to see, are they... Uh, wanting to be baptized as a group. Okay, great. They become a church. Now we kind of take them through this training of here's some more things, even though we're kind of giving them bits and pieces along the way. But if they're a believer already, well, it's kind of like it's retraining to think in terms of, well, look at the four soils maybe, or where, where are you in your discipleship journey? And that's kind of where we at. We came in, right? We took this training uh, with a background in ministry and church for a while, but it was re relearning of what we already learned. As Yoda once said, you know, <laughs> we need to unlearn what you have learned and, and, and relearn some things. And so that's one aspect of it. And, and then it's the continuing of, if you're not in, or you're in one of those two groups, right? Uh, you, you're a believer, but now you kind of read it, read, um, 
retake this, if you will, relearn stuff or a non-believer. And then you think, okay, it's done. Well, no, then the third aspect of that is you're kind of training when you're going through ongoing coaching or when you're training others, as you mentioned, as you are able to gift others, you learn more things as well. Mm. So it's it's this this sale is just kind of keeps changing as you go along. It's not one of those ones like train believers, boom, I've done the training, I'm good, got the certification. It's something that, that just keeps growing. Yeah. And I think when we're so used, when we receive training in the West, we're so used to the process of just receiving information, consuming it but never applying it. And the beauty of like disciple making training and what Jesus did with his own disciples and then asked us to do, and that's what this verse is about in 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, is that this, this process has to have application to it. And that application is so important because really the way that great training happens is you don't go on to the next lesson, the next piece of content until you've applied the previous piece of content. You've held one another accountable through the training. The person who trained lives it out again. And the person who got trained lives it out maybe for the first time, but both of you are doing it. And then there's a story to be told if you apply it. And it's that application that just changes so much. And you wrote in the notes here, theories on discipleship don't make for good disciples of Jesus. Do you want to um, expound on that? <laughs> I, I, I put that there for uh, to tattoo on my forehead. Um, so I think of the old uh, adage, right? Those who can't do teach. And we've mm. kind of come under that bad habit just in all of society about teaching and like, what do you do in college? You're just constantly actually just learning theories and then taking tests on them. Well, did you learn the theory? Never do we really ask, did you apply the mm. theory? And I think that has permeated into the church as well of like, okay, I learned the sermon I could, or I learned in this Bible study, I can now answer this question. But if you don't actually able to go out and do it, did you actually learn it? And I think we've both seen that Jesus said, well, no, because he doesn't say, those who learn all the things I've said are my disciples. No, those who obey what I said are my disciples. And I think as we learn, as we go along, the more we just give out theories to people and don't just stop and go give examples or stop them and ask them, okay, how did you apply that this week? It's okay if you didn't. Okay, let's stop there and and, do, and actually do it this week. And so I think you kind of go through yeah. that idea of like, hey, let's, let's just talk about it. How can we implement this? And if you didn't get a chance to, okay, stop. How can you implement it this week? Not just move on because, okay, you, it's good. You understand it. You didn't apply it, but you understand it. So we're good. No, it's like, hey, let's stop and how you can apply that in the real world. And this is something I continue to learn each week as we do mm. our I will statements. Well, and the reality is the reason that America is a mission field right now and that, you know, that there are so many people disconnected from Jesus is because we didn't apply it. And because we didn't apply it now more than ever before, we have to apply it because we are missionaries to our neighborhoods. We're missionaries to our cities. We're missionaries to this nation that we live in. It wasn't always like that because there was a group of people who applied it. And we were a nation that was, you know, at least the majority who were following God and living under the principles of God. But we have to start applying it again if we want to see a change in our cities and in our nation. And I think that, you know, that's challenging. And so what would you say 
Joe would be like, hey, okay, we read this verse. You're saying that we have to apply it. So what 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 should we do this week because of that? Well, I think there's a couple of challenges we can do. The first is, you know, we, we go back through, I think each person should read this and ask themselves those discovery questions like, okay, what does it teach us about God and um, people in relationship to discipleship with that frame in mind? We kind of covered that at the beginning, but kind of go deeper. But then the second thing is, well, if I haven't gone through a training, and I know a lot of people probably listening to the podcast at some point will be like, okay, I've gone through the training. But if you have it, that's first step is like, okay, hey, who knows something about discipleship? Who's been a part of a movement or who's seen uh, when it comes to uh, fruit in their life with discipleship, go and ask them and see what kind of training they have. That's the first thing we, we say, go to anywhere, do anything with, with discipleship. There's no one we're like, Oh, this is the one when it comes to it. No, we like to say, find something in your area or what fits with you when it comes to discipleship. And then the next one would be, can you train some fellow believers? Is there people at your church that, and again, not from a place of like, I know it all now and you just come sit, listen. It's like, no, ask questions, like ask other people. And I think we heard from Jim last week, uh, Jim Bretz, who's a part of our discipleship group, that question of the four soils is a great one to start with because it's like, mm -hmm. a, hey, I'm going through this um, and I'm looking at these four soils that Jesus is talking about. There's, you know, the ones that not at all, there's the ones that are kind of shallow and the, the seed doesn't um, blossom or uh ones that are too busy. And I think that's a great starting point for asking yourself and going through if someone's ready for a training is like, hey, that's that's something I'm, I'm going through. What do you think about that? Are you wanting to be that fourth soil? And as you do that, you might find some people that want to go through the training with you or that you can train. Mm -hmm. And I found, man, as, as I've been trained, as you've been trained, Joe, and as we've trained other people, it's the people who pass it on who take responsibility for training others, for giving it to their family, their own circles of influence first, and begin to apply it and live it out. Those are the ones that have stories to tell. Those are the ones that are fully engaged in disciple making. Those are the ones who are seeing miracles happen in their lives and in the lives of other people. And I think that it's really important for us to recognize that, man, we are better together. You know, on our sent to share website, we've got a Zoom A training and it's great for understanding like the principles of disciple making, but the you're supposed to apply it every week. And I don't think we can do great training alone. I think that we've got to do it together. We've got to be able to lock eyes with one another and say, Hey, what was challenging to you? Do you need to create margin? You know, we were just talking about this on our coaching call. Like we've got to learn what to say no to so that we can say yes to what God's leading us to do. And I sometimes need somebody to just give me a firm kick and say like, what in the world are you doing? You said you were gonna do this, but you're not doing it. And, uh, and I think it's really important to recognize that, man, when you really look at training, you begin to realize this is a part of community. And one of the things that's missing in the Western church is deep community that becomes brothers and sisters where we, become co-equals because we recognize we're all training, we're all learning, we're all applying, and we're all allowing God to make us holy through the process. Um, of course, I know you've already achieved that, Joe, but the rest of us, we've got to keep working on it. As we say each week, that none of this applies to me. <laughs> it's just, again, 
theory practice, it's like, whew. <laughs> but I think oh, getting back to that community thing, we've did a lot of this on Zoom. I think a, a lot of our experience was through the, the start of COVID, but we've discussed it of like going back and just saying like, yeah, not just applying it, but going out with those people and actually going through it together. So I've met people and wanted to say like, hey, do you want to be a part of training? I've heard some yes. I've heard some no. I've done some Zoom with some groups. But what really helped is just finding someone who just, even if it's just one person of like, hey, let's go live this out together. Let's go to this apartment complex and we're going to do, you know, pray for people today or we're going to go out amongst loss. We're going to raise that sale or we're going to get together and do extraordinary prayer. And the difference that that makes of being in person, you know, they're invested and, and, and you have someone to do it with and encourage you with. I think back to last year we got together in Texas. I look at it as it was kind of a, it was ongoing coaching, but I think if we look at it, it was a lot of trained believers. We were all, we've all been in it. We've all been doing this, this coaching call together, many of them for a year, but we were seeing each other in person. We went out onto a campus and did a prayer walk together and we all had amazing stories from it. We spent time in prayer focusing. We, we, we were training each other in a way all over again in person and how powerful that was. I don't know about you, but I just walked away. Oh, and like, oh, yeah. Well, and I, and I think too, the areas where I'm weak in something that we learn in the training is where somebody else is strong. And so when I go with somebody else, I'm doing it in community with somebody else, and I see them do it and live it out, it encourages me and spurs me on to obey the scripture in that life. But I have another area in my life where I might be strong in something that would encourage another brother or another sister. And they'd say, oh, because of doing this in community with you, I now am inspired. I'm now encouraged to do it. And there's a part of this that we are just never meant to do alone. And I think that's what you're talking about is, hey, why would we get on a plane and travel across the United States to hang out with people that we've been learn, you know, hanging out with on Zoom? Well, because we're on this crazy journey together and we actually build community and the amount of joy and, uh, man, encouragement and healing and holiness that has come from this community of disciple makers has been life-changing. I know it has for both of us, but we're not meant to keep that for ourselves. We're meant to give that same experience to other people around us. And so in, in w w closing, but remember when we say in closing, it's like eight closing <laughs> uh, thoughts. It um, depends on the week, right? It, it does. So we have these challenges. Can you train someone else? Can you go through training? Maybe is there a group, a discovery group? If you're at that point where a discovery group has started, where you can ask them, hey, are they ready to be baptized? And then go through further training as one also. But uh, here's a here's a challenge for in, in my life of training believers. I'm going to be meeting some people that are kind of, uh, I know to be believers, they're part of a uh, a, a business group that I'm a part of and I meet one-on-one. -on -one. And so I need to ask myself, how can I ask them if they're ready. So this is an area where it's kind of like a feeling out. It's the first step in the process. Like we said, asking about the four soils. So I'm learning and growing in that as like, not just, you know, training people, but how to invite someone into a training, how to see if they're ready. So that's one area in my life that I'm going to share. I'm working on that as I meet people. Cause I know them to be a believer. I know them to, uh, want something more, but how to engage them and ask questions and not just say, Hey, you need to do this. And especially if you're not part of a church, you don't want this, you should be doing this and this and be like, Hey, how do I ask them and get them to self-discover of like, Hey, I don't think I have that in my life. I want to be a part of it. And so I'm working on that myself. Um, yeah. 
I'd say my challenge as we close to everybody is, you know, have you been trained? Have you committed to truly learning what it means to be a disciple maker? And if you haven't, send us an email. Like we will help you get involved in a training and we do some training, but we also know of lots of other people who do training and there's nothing special about ours. We've met tons of people. We can get you connected to a training where you don't have to wait a long time to do it. And, and you know, here's what I've learned, Joe. Um, when we are committed to the training process and we submit to one another, God will change you. And there's areas of our life that he'll change that we don't really even know are an issue right now. <laughs> uh, when, when I went through the training, if I would have been able to articulate you the number of things that God has changed in me for the, for the good, um, I would have committed to this a long time ago. But the reality is, is that we don't know until we walk this journey out with other believers. And that's what Paul's saying to Timothy. Hey, You've got to pass this thing on to other people, other faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And you're going to have to endure through this because there's going to be things that'll try to distract you. There'll be things that'll try to put this off for six months, put this off for a year, not prioritize this in your life, but you got to endure. And will that produce a little bit of hardship in your life? Probably so. Is the fruit worth it? You better believe it because this is Jesus's plan for multiplying his kingdom. And don't forget on that note, that our families are part of this too in training. And if you want to to endure trials, try training a four or five-year-old. <laughs> try doing some discovery Bible study and building Legos with your kids yeah. at the same time, right? <laughs> and keeping that on track. But that's there's beauty in it too. And I'll close with this story. Like We always share a story of encouragement. So speaking on that note, I said, oh, Monday is kind of my raise the sale of fasting and extraordinary prayer in, on my own. I, we want to do it in groups as well. But I said, the kids were off school. I'm going to go down to the river with my daughter. And I was just asking her questions about what she's seeing down there. And it was just some really cool moments of like, oh, who, look at that over there. And I was just sharing, you know, I come down here because I want to both talk to God, but I want to hear from God. And I do that in creation. But it also sometimes, even in that, just get this sense of like, I'm more aware of things around me and I work on being more aware so I can take that elsewhere. And she just kind of took that. Like I, I said that in a more way that a, a almost five-year-old could understand, but she just started to notice things of like, oh, in the environment, oh, dad, that could have come from there or, oh, this, this, this could come from that. And so I could talk her ear off about prayer and we pray and, and that sort of thing, or I could bring her with me and train her on, hey, this is what we do. She can hear me praying out loud as I walk or, or share in these things. And so it was a cool moment. Um, you know, two hours later, it was back to, to being four or five-year-old and some of those behaviors, the trials that, that, that uh, Paul was <laughs> mentioning. But there was just beauty in that of like, hey, and in order to train someone, I got to bring my kids with me the same way I do, like I would do an adult, like, hey, I'm going to bring my kids with me. So I thought that was pretty cool. I love that. And you know what? That's a beautiful daddy-daughter date right there. So get involved in training. Send us an email if we can help. And make sure that you really apply 2 Timothy 2.2 to your own life. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Sent to Share podcast. Our goal is to encourage you to live a Sent to Share life with an aim to make disciples who make disciples where simple churches emerge. If you have questions about what it means to be sent to share, making disciples who make disciples that lead to movement and the birth of a collective of simple churches in your city, we would love to connect with you. You can find out more at senttoshare.com.